Hey folks, one of the Redneck Country Podcast. You were on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? Yeah, I am here. Good evening, everybody. It's a beautiful night for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. And sitting right to my right is my father, the patriarch of Redneck Country, Real Redneck Tom Millard. Dad, is your mic on? It's on. And I'm here, luckily, as my wife was supposed to tell me it was podcast night and uh, she forgot till about 10 minutes to seven. And she said, you got to be at Todd's at 730 for a podcast. I went, oh my gosh, I opened the fridge. I thought, oh what my could, gosh, and I opened the fridge. What's in Look the at that rush. I got to have supper now. There was three or four strips of bacon. There was a cup of uh, stovetop stuffing. There was a <laughs> potato and a few uh, roasted carrots, uh, maybe a little spoonful of gravy. So I put them on a plate, poured the gravy, put it in the microwave, grabbed two slices of cheese bread, toasted it, a bowl of radishes, had my supper and walked over. And here I am. That's a lot of food in a very short period of time there. When you just found out that you had a podcast, you were able to put a gourmet meal together from what you had fixed and kicking around. Oh, yeah, I've seen that on TV. You know, that's like Bobby Flay's, uh, let's see what we got in the kitchen. And, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Well, I've seen that on TV. My wife only ate leftovers, and uh, so, you know, they're mine. So. I'm still fixated, fixated on... Uh, Oh, crap. You mean I got to rush <laughs> to the fridge, Batman? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't had supper. I ain't going over there on an empty stomach. I wouldn't be able to deal with Todd on an empty stomach too often either. <laughs> no, I had my meal no, before I came no, on here, too. No. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so I want to know what you guys get up to this week first. For, whoa, whoa. But you guys, when you when when you go first, Bill, it jogs my memory. So, Dad, oh, you, yeah? you go first. No problem. Friday, this past Friday, I had my second eye surgery. I was only 10 oh. minutes on the table, sat me up. He says, can you see? I said, yep. He says, okay, see you at 3 o'clock. Went back at 3 o'clock. He says, okay, take the eye patch off. You don't have to wear that, only at night. Away you go. So what Great. if you want to wear the eye patch? Well, usually, it used to be, you had to leave it on for like three days to protect your eye, but they don't do that anymore. And just at night, so See, you don't rub your eye. And I'm not at the age where I know what the expected eye patch length is, where it's like, hey, Bill, you realize on those cataract surgeries they got going on, you used to have yeah, to leave yeah. that patch on three days. Uh, sometimes Back in longer. my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so, so anyway, to, and of course this week. We're getting uh, old through osmosis. And this yeah. week, the kids are out of school. So I've got Todd's kids again this week, and it's been fun. And uh, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, today. Today started out. I had to be over for the final checkup on both eyes. I had to help go to London, IVI Institute. The doctor checks my eyes. He said, you're good to go. I said, okay, wait a minute now. I got some questions. I said, my son thinks I should ask you about trap shooting because that gun going against my shoulder, put my cheek down on the gun. It's going to be like a slap in the head. He figures for, for to, to be, to be fair, it wasn't out of concern of health. It was maybe I get some guns a little sooner if he can't shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I asked him to be fair, <laughs> to be fair. I asked him, he says, no, you got no restriction. Go for it. You're clear to go, go, go do all the shooting you want. Went, okay. That's great. So that's awesome. So we were a little later. Did? A little later getting the kids today. You did today. explain to him that it's 12 gauge, it's recoiled well, to... Yeah, I told him my cheeks slammed against the, like, held, squeezed against the the. But stock how did you word it? Like, it just, it, because as... 
back me up on this bill. If you shoot a lot, you, you, you will tell somebody there's not a lot of recoil there because you do hold the gun proper, all that, but you get used to a little bit and to a doctor that doesn't shoot. So how did you word this? I said, I'm a trap shooter. I hold a 12 gray shotgun to my shoulder, put my cheek on the stock. I lock it in place and I repeatedly shoot it. And we it's need 25 to targets at a time. We need to roll this to a video because I'm watching the actions on how he, yeah. he looks like yeah. a chicken. <laughs> the dog's a wing no. up in the air. No, you're good. He needed to, he he says, needed you to can, smack him around a little yeah. bit and show him what it was like. He <laughs> says, you can bend over, you <laughs> can lift. Went. There's no restrictions anymore. That's all That's all wives' tales, he said. No more, no more, uh, not lifting you, no more with all respect though you talk like it's a long time ago you just had your last one three weeks ago so did things change that much in three weeks because <laughs> you had to wear that eye patch for an entire week the no, last one you did well oh not me I, just at night a night for five days that's oh it. i and thought it was all through the course of the day no, he wanted no, no. to be a pirate had nothing to do with the eye yeah no oh so we go over there and he's, around, he's walking around with his hat on from like the the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and a swashbuckling sword and cool in this you iPad. Peg leg too? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Stupid dad jokes like what's pirates pirates favorite letter? <laughs> anyway, no, just just at night for five days and that's it. And of course the drops go on. You got to put drops in your eyes for four weeks. But. Where is this podcast gone? <laughs> Anyway, we are old through us. That's that's what held me up. <laughs> WebMD. That's what held me up from getting the kids a little earlier today. So we didn't get here closer to lunchtime. So we had lunch here with the kids, and then they came to my place. And through the afternoon, they baked cookies with Grandma. And actually, Avery made a blueberry pie because she wanted to make a blueberry Holy pie. Smoke. And uh, Megan and Avery and my wife made two different kinds of cookies. And through it all, Dad napped. we watched Christmas Chronicles number two and a Cinderella story on Christmas or something like that. Two in the afternoon hits miraculously. He yeah. needs two eye patches. And they no sooner <laughs> yeah. got they no sooner got picked up, and then Glenda says, Oh yeah, you gotta be at Todd's at 730. Oh, great. So now Off to the fridge and go. Yeah. So anyway, that was my day. That was my week. So my eyes are, I'm walking around no glasses. I'm seeing 100%. They said I got 20-20 in both eyes now. That's crazy. With no glasses? No glasses. So you don't need glasses? Well, I still need them to read. That's the thing. So uh, the left eye. And it wasn't LASIK. It was just cataracts. Yeah. And you well, got. Well, the, the left eye was bad because of the scar and pieces of thorn still in there. So that was noticeable, like 100%. I've had a, that so eye's been blurry. At the age for, of 74, you're back to 2020. 72. Vision. Don't age me that way. Yeah, oh, but yeah. back I to 2020. Go my but I still, <laughs> I still have to put my glasses on because they got a bifocal <laughs> in them to, <laughs> to read up close. But uh, it bugs me to wear them because everything's blurry. I, I see and drive with no glasses now, but I got to wait a month. Like the left eye is almost there, but the right eye, I got to wait till the 20th of January before I go get them checked to see what I need for glasses. If I still need them to read, I suspect I will, but I won't need them for anything else. Like I can see clear as a bell now. I can, yeah, I can look it up at the kitchen clock. It's 20, 30 feet away and I can see right to the minute where I couldn't even see the clock before. God. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's absolutely incredible. Well, there you go. Now, I tell you, if, if we're going to go in the hospital scene, I'll tell you what I did last night. <laughs> now, now we're getting excitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. A, I spent the night in the hospital last night. Did you really? Sure did. 
Sure did. Uh, what did you and, say to Candace that put you there? Oh, uh, she punched me right in the lips. No, <laughs> she didn't do anything like that. So apparently, I don't know, I snore. I don't know this because I, I fall asleep early. I fall asleep quick. So to the point where I needed to go last night for a sleep study. You did the sleep apnea deal thing. I don't I don't know what I did last night, but it was terrible. I tell you right now, for anybody that's listening that's gone through a sleep study, you can commiserate with me. But I had the worst sleep ever on uh, last night. I don't understand how this goes. Like you go to the hospital for a sleep study and they wire you up. I literally had 25 wires from my temple to temple, in my hair, in my beard. I had three (laughs) EKG monitors on. I had uh, uh, two breathing tubes, one for shallow breathing, one for deep breathing, whatever the heck that's supposed to mean. I'd have been, been, sorry to interrupt, I'm not, but I would have been posting (laughs) pics on Facebook like, got the COVID, ah! (laughs) (laughs) I'd have been lighting her up. (laughs) I had one patch on my neck. That, that's supposed to rate the amount of snoring that you're doing. I had uh, two um, uh, wraps, one around my chest, one around my abdomen to figure out how yeah, it's uh, like you're much again. my chest goes. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and then I had a, a thing on my finger that uh, took my pulse just to make sure that I was still breathing through this and whole entire thing. And lady says, have a good night's sleep. <laughs> so I got all this stuff on. I, I lay down in bed and I hear yelling and screaming and cheering on the other side of the hall. They're having babies on the other side of the hall. A lady gave birth while I'm trying to do my sleep study. Did you say, hey, hold that in. I'm trying to sleep sleep over here. here. (laughs) You're disrupting my monitors. Yeah, they were cheering, and I'm like, what kind of party is going on in this sleep study? Better be 10 or less over there. (laughs) Yeah, this better be important. Apparently, I guess it was. So (laughs) so I, I get there at 930 last night. Uh, the lights go out at, I don't know, quarter after 10 or something like that after I answer 100 questions. And the room turns into a sauna. <laughs> I can't move in this bed because if I move, I'm afraid of these probes coming off my head. And this lady having to come in and reattach them with this gum-like glue that goes in the middle. Of, it was the worst night's sleep ever. And they kick you out of the hospital at 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 5 in the morning. That's it. You're out. <laughs> so what you're, was you're the done. result? Did they tell you anything? You didn't sleep well, I got a phone call today. <laughs> so they only said they were going to call you if there was something really important to talk about. I got a phone call tonight that I got to set up a, a phone consultation. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I went through it for sleep apnea. Oh, I, I mean, I didn't. They didn't call it a sleep study. They just wanted to know. They they did the test through the night. I didn't think I slept very good either. Like they said next day, they said, "How did you feel? You sleep slept?" And I said, "I don't feel I slept very well. I thought I kept waking up through the night. Like that's what I thought." And they said, "Well, more than at home." I said, "Oh yeah, more than at home." And they said, "Well, truly, you didn't. You you slept, but but you woke up." 30 times uh, a minute. A minute? 30 times a minute. They you didn't even this. sleep. And uh, <laughs> I had sleep apnea. And so they through the night, they, they have this machine hooked up to you, and you snore. And so when <laughs> as soon as you wake up because you snore, they jack up the, the pressure. And so they said, you got up to nine before you stayed out. So you're taking a machine home, and you got to run it at a nine. So you don't, oh, like that. That's, but that's it's great. the best thing ever. We go to shoots or whatever, rent a hotel room. Dad's in there before it was like, <laughs> didn't know if you were at a trap shoot or a bear hunt. Now it's just nothing. He's out. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, 
they talked about that. So we'll see. I won't, uh, there's not a whole WebMD podcast, but I just want to let you know. About that. Uh, you know, and I look at our stats and I don't really get into the demographics, but I'm almost certain there's not a whole lot of 70, 80 year old dudes with their uh, podcast fired up going and being really, we do claim that we're a relatable podcast folks. That's the beauty list in the redneck country. I'm no. not certain. There are benefits. There are benefits, Bill. I get old because my wife, she'll wake up quite often, turn TV on. She goes to bed later than I do with the TV on and she wakes up through the night and watches TV. It's usually on in the morning when I wake up, but I take my hearing aids out. I don't hear the TV. I put the CPAP on. I'm not there yet. Pull the covers right over my head because I can breathe now with the CPAP machine. I see and hear nothing. Sleep like a log right till morning. See, this is this is the worst part because I'm allowed to be inside again tonight for my the podcast, and I'm sitting I'm sitting in my rocking chair drinking a cup of tea talking about my health problems. So I'm not sure where we're going. Oh, through osmosis. Oh, this is Moses. Oh, this is go. I'm and, feeling pretty oh, young right now. I'll tell you what. I tell you, yeah. Well, your turn's next. But you know what else I did? I don't know. You don't have a beard because you can't grow one, Todd. But hey, you, have you, you seen a, it? It was coming on. I trimmed it now, but it was coming pretty man. good. Carry on. Yeah, and then then you decided to you know, <laughs> trim it. I don't understand it. But I, all of the people who have a beard and they got to wear these masks. Anybody that has a beard. That wears a mask. If you take the mask off, you get a line right across uh, where that the bottom of that mask goes on your beard. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm constantly fighting. So what my wife did is she found a really – I'm going to put a plug in here. I'm not sponsored by them, but I Clippers. wear it. It's called the Beard Tarp. Oh, good Lord. It's called the Beard Tarp. It's phenomenal. It. They made this uh, mask. It's a three-layer of protection, the whole thing for – all the government standards, and it goes from the, the top of your nose, like it's supposed to, down to the base of your beard in one mask. But so does it, it wrap around, like hold everything, or does it hang like a bandana? It hangs like a bandana, but it, but like around, a, but it goes well. It, it's got two straps that goes around around <laughs> the back of your head that goes one on top of your ear, one on the bottom, just like your normal mask. The only thing it doesn't do is take the bottom of that mask and suck it close to your chin, where it leaves a line. I got twice as much material as anybody else on, on the, in the mask. It's like I'm having a face shield. I can breathe better. It, it my beard doesn't look uh, all messed up. From you look like an outlaw. And, and I held up a bank the other day. Yeah. Great. Put on your cowboy hat. My gosh, we're going wild west. And, yeah. And when you take it down, it looks like you got a big one. So if you have lunch, <laughs> you know, you can eat me and it collects all your stuff. But, <laughs> It's a local guy <laughs> called the Beard Tarp, made in Barrie, Ontario. Look it up. I the love beer, it. It's made awesome. in Barrie, they're made in Barrie, Ontario. Yeah, yeah, they're distributed, made made in Canada, made out of, distributed out of Barrie, Ontario. I believe they're even made here and uh, straight up the road. Uh, just a great, great piece of uh, COVID protection. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's podcast is brought to you by Metamucil. Metamucil for when you get older. <laughs> Tell me, Bill, are and they the inexpensive? Because I got a beard. Yeah, 30 bucks. Hmm. Wow, 30 bucks. You realize you just take a shirt, cut the sleeves off, you're good to go, right? Yeah. <laughs> just throwing just that, that out right there. Over yeah, I mean, when you get a real beard, Todd, you'll understand. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. The mask might be the reason that I trimmed mine because it just looks ridiculous. Well, there you go. So, yeah. solution. You're up. 
<laughs> what did I do? I can actually share. So I do know that Megan's, some of Megan's friends, I believe, listen to this podcast from time to time. So I had to be careful up until now. But what did I do this week? Aside from working my butt off, I, I, I like to get the wow factor for my kids. Dad always did it for me. Christmas has always been a big deal. Didn't get stuff all year round, but I was spoiled. I, but recognize that. Are you really spoiled? But anyway, so Christmas time would come. That's, that's the Mecca. And so you'd get all the gifts from Santa. Then you'd get some from your mom and dad. And then there was the wow factor gift at the very end. That was from mom and dad every year. And so I've carried this tradition on with my kids. And so I'm struggling now because my my oldest is 13. My youngest is seven, but it doesn't matter because electronics bridge that freaking gap. And really, what do you get them if they've already got an iPad? Because that's that's what they do. Like my 13 year old, she walks around the house. I swear to you that she needs a protective helmet on, forget the mask, because she's going to walk into stuff on the freaking phone all the time. And I don't know who is always like, we got Andrew's always on the thing, but then you could have Brad and Ray and, and, and I don't even know all of the names, Kira and, and all of them on at any point in time, they're like fixtures in your house. So you start arguing, you got, I think I've said this before, you got to make sure, Hey, wait, 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 (laughs) who's, who's in our argument right now? (laughs) So anyway, so that's what, so I'm like, what can I get them? Like, what is the wow fact last year for my, my, she was 12 and maybe a little spoiled, but it was an iWatch to go with her iPhone. And I thought that was a wow gift. Like that was, but now like, what do I do? So see that what you did is you, you, you set a precedent and you set it high. By the time she's 17, you'd be buying her a car. No, no, it's gonna be no, 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 because there's already a president said I'm buying cars in our family. And I had to buy my own, and then I couldn't even afford insurance. And they wouldn't let, my parents wouldn't let my grandmother and grandfather pay for the insurance for the first two months so I could put it on the road because I spent all my cash on the car, and I ended up driving up and down the laneway for two months before I could afford a first month's insurance. That's awesome. So that, that president's a very valuable lesson. That's right. Good yeah, job, Doug. There was a reason for that because I, every Christmas morning after I turned 16 i looked in the laneway for the car and it didn't happen and i was told no you're going to buy your own car and your own insurance and you think i'm going to let them turn around and buy todd insurance ain't going to happen <laughs> remember that when megan's 17 so anyway that president's been set so i thought what is the wow so in the last couple of weeks i have procured some gas Powered. So hey, you guys are sitting here talking about what'd you do this week? I was in the hospital. What'd you do? I had eye surgery. Oh, hey, I met a muscle. What I did was I was like, I was 15 again, ripping up and down the road out front of my house on gas powered scooters, baby. Cause that's what I got oh, the kids. That's all right. That's a good deal. 50 CC. You got the okay from mama for that? I just did it. <laughs> did she know? Well, she knows now. But I was like, because I needed the wow factor. And so she knows you don't argue with the wow factor. I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to figure out what this wow factor could be. And I seen one of these many years ago. A buddy of mine had one. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was at college and he came ripping. I hadn't seen him in years. He came ripping through on this thing. I'm like, well, that is the freaking coolest thing. I've wanted one ever since. So when I see him, I was like, hey, I now have the means. And this is the wow factor gift. This is perfect. And I actually worked a, a wheeled and deal. I got three of them. So we are good to go because I only got so two you kids. got one for yourself. Well, it, it, one's a spare, but I, I figured my whole theory is that as they they're going to want to ride these things, and you can't ride them alone. That's not fun. So now they yeah. can ride them together. 
But then if Megan has a couple friends over, the three of them can take off and, and go ripping around on them. And when Avery has some friends over, she can hop on them with her friends and they can go rip it. So it's like, they're going to be shared, but you can't have just one or two. Cause you, you never have just one or two friends. So I thought that was pretty cool. So while you guys are in the hospital, taking your Metamucil and everything else for your oil, oh, aches and joints, pain and all that bulk. I was out ripping around on gas powered scooters. So I had to get them rocking and rolling and I had to invoke the help of Scotty's step that, uh, excuse me, I need a drink. I had to invoke the help of Scotty's stepdad to get them, going going because i had to buy a couple new carburetors because i did get such a good deal on a couple of them so amazon is your friend i got a couple carburetors we put them all back together got them all rocking and rolling so we are good to go i just picked them up again tonight and they are together and ready to rock so i'm pretty excited that was my week my, my wife and i come by a few days ago maybe a week ago and I said, look at this nut coming down the street on a motorized scooter. It turned out it was Todd. And his eyeballs were like the size of saucers, and he looked panicked. And so my wife stopped. He pulled up beside, and she says, wait, you look scared. He says, oh, my gosh, I thought you had my girls with you. And here I am riding around in their Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my neighbor, a couple down a little bit ago, we have Dad's golf cart here. And it's usually in the laneway all summer long and everything else. So he comes down and we got like a, a, a typical, what I would consider a typical man. I, I know you guys can't relate drinking your tea with your beard Danas on, but I, he comes in, he's like, you know, Todd, me and a few of the neighbors were talking. We think that like you guys would be really suited for a house further out in the country. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I looked at him like, you know what? You're probably right, but my kids like their school because we've already talked about it. But my kids like their school. We got the cornfield behind our place for ripping the dad's golf cart through there and having some fun. But now wait till he sees us on our 50 cc gas powered oh, yeah. scooters ripping through the neighborhood. He, he did tell me that too. We I talked to him one day and he did tell me that. <laughs> but yeah, I know what Todd means by the wow factor because he, but he he was spoiled one year. Uh, he was in college. He got his own set of golf clubs, a brand new set of golf clubs. And that Christmas day, I can't remember the temperature, but it was oh, it was so, it was oh, warm. It was so warm. Double it was digits. shirt sleeves. And he said, "We got to go golfing. I got to try these out." So the golf course was closed. Didn't have to pay, but it was warm. So we we pull into the golf <laughs> course. Golfing. There's eight cars there. We, we knew some of the golfers. He golfed in a foursome on Christmas day. It was so beautiful. And another day, it was a uh, a sporting clays gun, uh, an over and under. We went Holy clay. we went we went sporting clay shooting at uh, the next day for Boxing Day. Boxing Day yeah. sporting clay shoot. Yeah, yeah, so. you were spoiled, Todd. But oh, I yeah. know it, Big so time. it's not it's not a negative spoil. I realize I was spoiled, so that's like makes up for it, right? Like it's positive. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it's all about. <laughs> you got to take care of your kids. That's what we do this for, and make sure that we. You give that wow factor so they can bring it all together on Christmas morning. We did the uh, the Florida trip, and we're going to go substantially smaller this year for the wow factor. So we set the precedent last year, or the uh, the peak of the mountain. Let's let's say we're on the downward slope. So. <laughs> you let you let them know. <laughs> oh yeah, we definitely told them. But, hey, this is a one and done deal. Yeah. You are not getting Florida every year. That's just not well, you could say that you planned it this year, but COVID had changed your plans. You know what? I should have said that. Yep. That could have been golden. They would have held you to it though. Hey, COVID's over. Let's go now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when COVID's over, we're probably all going to go. Yeah. No Christmas doubt. or not. But So, very good. 
Yeah. Where are we going this week? Hey, well, this is like a, a monumental. I was going to say this episode, is eh? episode fifty-two. If we're actually into the episode, if you guys are, are done talking about your woes, we are in episode fifty-two. That is a full year without missing a beat, baby. Week after week of podcast bliss. That's pretty good. Should uh, raise a, a glass of tea or something. I just to finished my that. orange juice. Cheers. <laughs> Raise a glass of tea. Very good. <laughs> if anybody Cheers, out there John. is drinking tea, you can pick it up, pour it all over yourself. So, yeah. but yeah, 50. So after this episode, we're going into season two. We're going to be like season two, episode one. I don't know what that means in the digital world. I just know I have the option when we upload the podcast to say season one, and now we're in season two. But I think that's a pretty big feat. I think we need to like so round them applause it. Like, woohoo. That was, it's yeah, a I think so. to me. Good job, gentlemen. Yeah, we, we did it. 52 weeks without missing a beat. It was, it was good times. So with that sure. in mind, I wanted to, we've been light and fluffy so well, kind of. I mean, now I get to know what I get to look forward to when I get to be your guy's age. But yep. it would now, <laughs> so now I think light and fluffy. I, my, I had a thought process of like one of your craziest stories, hunting stories, fishing stories, or, or wildest or wackiest, because I got one. That I, it was like, I couldn't believe it happened kind of, so to speak. And, and it was, it was laughable now, but, but so I, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. Can you guys do yeah, it? I liked it? Yeah, I yeah. think, it, I, I think that's a good thing. Tell your wacky, crazy stories or, Hey, I'll even start with a Christmas story. If you guys don't mind. I don't know, Bill. What do you think? <laughs> Is it a Christmas hunting story? Well, no, it's, it's, you know, it's the Christmas time of year where, you know, you bring joy to people. It's the giving and everything. And it, it was uh, kind of neat for me this week because I felt good about it. So, I mean, it was at Christmas time. I'm feeling good. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the giving mood. I try to be that way all year, but I love Christmas. And you guys know, I do a lot of walking and, and, you know, I'll walk 10 kilometers a day. And so the huge block that I live on, like I'll walk that for an hour listening to the podcast. So I go around that block a lot and I've got to know all the neighbors. And uh, two nights ago, I'm on this walk and the street lights are on, of course, it's not dark. And I think, is that a wallet laying there? And I look, sure enough, it's a wallet. And so I pick it up. And Score, like, let's oh. go to bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's lost a wallet. And it's close to Christmas. Like, that's got to be, you know, a, a, a bad thing. Like, that's got to be a devastating thing. Oh, I have to do all your your. It's not that devastating. And, I just found my wallet tonight. Uh, well, yeah, but. Carry on. You just mislay them all the time. But this was on the street, like up against the curb on the road. No sidewalks in that block. So I picked it up and I thought, okay, first thing I got to do is I got to find a name and an address. And so I'm looking through the cards and here's a. Here's a $25 gift card for the LCBO. Here's a $100 card for uh, the keg. And I'm thinking, wow, this guy. Christmas presents are done. <laughs> so finally, I find the driver's license. Oh, there we go. And I read the name, and the address is London. And I went, oh, London. So I'm thinking, all right, I'll head home, see if I can find a phone number in the wallet if I can. I'll see if I can find them phone number to the name and address and then i got thinking wait a minute i walked about a house distance I went, wait a minute he lost it here chances are he's still here he won't even be home for hours to get a phone call he, he might be panicking right now wondering where his wallet is so 
I walked back to where I picked it up and here's a house right in front of a house. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start here. So I knocked on the door and uh, the young woman comes to the door and I got his picture and his name and everything right here on his driver's license. And I said, do you know so-and-so? And she says, yes. And I said, what's his last name? And she tells me the right last name. And I said, is he here? She says, yes. What would you like? I said, <laughs> I, found his, I found his wallet. I held it up. And she turned to a guy sitting on the couch and she said, hey, I won't mention his name. Hey, so-and-so, this man just found your wallet. And he raced to the door. And so I felt really good. He's probably That's going, crap, awesome. my wife hired a private investigator. I'm busted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I felt really good. I returned his wallet and they, thank you. Thank you very much. Like, Merry Christmas. So that's awesome. That's yeah. my, uh, that's my feel good. That story. was your feel good. That's my feel good story. I felt, I'm still feeling well, good. Well, it was outside. That. I'm still feeling good. I know what it's like to lose a wallet, man. You think you got to cancel your credit cards and all that. Uh, oh my. All right. I'll, I'll go. Cause mine isn't, doesn't have a happy ending like that, but it, it is more to aligns with the podcast. So why doesn't that align? It's well, Christmas. It aligns. It's just not we're, a hunting or fishing. We're two story. days from Christmas, man. Why doesn't that align with oh Christmas? Oh gosh! When he started <laughs> using man, it's just it's over. Hello, get in the Christmas spirit, dude. <laughs> dude. Christmas spirit. <laughs> anyway, so Bill, duck hunting, and so all right. So this is at the time. Now we're going back some years, but at the time, this is. Probably, and it may still could be. I just don't get to do a lot of this. And now I got kids and it's busy and everything else. I don't get to do a lot, a lot at all of this. But so I would be tenacious to find a little pond or a little hole with ducks in it while you're driving. And whether it be wood ducks or, or mallards, or I just want to shoot ducks. And so we worked, I worked all the way up in St. Mary's for Dana Dana Automotive at the time. And so I would drive back and forth. And I happened to be driving down this old dirt road one day, and I come by, and these ducks are coming over the trees and dropping into this swamp. Now, one of my dream duck hunts is like Arkansas flooded timber. Are you with me? Oh, that would be awesome. Am I right? Yeah, I've seen those those type of hunts, and they get, get out there, and they're either sitting on a, a – a uh, tree, uh, knee, knee deep water. Yeah, leaning against oh, a tree. Awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like dad, have I not said this before? Flooded timber oh, all the time. I want to, I want to hunt flooded timber. You just don't get that here. Right. Like we got, we got ponds, we've got fields that the mallards will go feed in, but you don't really have flooded timber that you can, nope. that is standing flooded that the ducks are living in, leaving not to go feed and then coming back to live in this. So, I seen this and I was like, oh my gosh, that's flooded timber. And those ducks are dropping in there like stones. I could be standing against one of those trees as these things are kind of cupped in and ducking and diving and weaving down through the, and then don't even know I'm there and just dropping ducks like, oh. So I said, okay, dad, we got to go to this spot. We got to stop. So we stop, we get permission. Yep. We're good to go. Awesome. I was coming from work. I'm still in my, my uniform from like the office had uniforms that we had through a, a company. So I'm still in my uniform. I had Doc Martin steel toe boots on my feet and I'm like, okay, I wasn't really planning on it, but we're going in. I got, I got no waiters or nothing, but I had my shotgun because there was not many times I went anywhere 
without a shotgun. Now, work did not know that in the backseat of my truck, there was always a shotgun, but work didn't need to know there was always a shotgun because these opportunities could just arise. And That's so right. we stop. It got to be ready. So we stop and, and I go, we go sneaking into the woods and, and get in there. And then it opens up a lot better in the flooded timber. And I just, I could have sat on the bank, but like you said, you picture it, you see it in magazines. You've seen it probably duck dynasty. You see him standing in the, in the flooded trip timber and stuff like that. Right. Oh my gosh, I got to do this. I got to get in the water. So I get down and I'm in the water and I'm up to probably, you know, my upper thighs and I'm leaning against a tree. I think this is, this is, I don't even care if a duck comes in. I do, but I don't cause this is awesome. But so dad's standing there on the side of the bank and we're just, we're standing there waiting. So dad decides he's going to go for a walk up the creek and see if he can flush some. Cause maybe they're up the creek, you know, swimming up creek, whatever. And cause nothing's coming, but I know, well, we're just going to wait till close to dark. They're out feeding. They're going to come dropping in while I'm standing there. All of a sudden this dark, spot way away in the flooded timber comes weaving through trees towards me. It's like, and what the heck is that thing? It is way too big to be a muskrat. And this thing comes right up and I bet you it gets six feet from me. It, COVID, sure. it wasn't COVID times, but it knew. And so <laughs> it, it starts doing a figure eight and I'm going, what the, what the heck is this? And it's moving so fast. I'm, I'm looking, it's only six feet. I'm thinking that thing's like, it's giant. Now I've not really seen one of these. And again, we're going like 20 years ago. I've not really seen whatever this thing is. Cause I've seen muskrats and this thing's yeah. three times the size of a friggin' muskrat. What is this thing? And out of nowhere, this giant big flat tail lifts up and smash and puts a wave of water over me. Like you would not believe. And <laughs> the thing disappears. You freaking little turd. It was a beaver. <laughs> and I was soaked. And I'm yelling, Amazing. dad, what the heck, dad? And he's way, he doesn't know what's going on. So I'm like, oh, now, now I'm irritated, but I'm not leaving because the ducks could come dropping in at any point in time. So I'm waiting. I'm standing there. I got my over and under. And next thing you know, here it comes again. And you little jerk, it gets within six feet and it starts doing these figure eights in the water in front of me really fast. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, smash and it throws a waterfall of water right back over me and soaks me again. <laughs> now I'm getting irritated. Now what can I do? I can't shoot this beaver. It's not, no. it's not legal. You got to have a trapper's license to even be able to deal with this darn thing. And like, okay, so now I'm looking, am I in front of like, what, like, do, how do I get away? Because now I'm concerned this thing isn't going to let ducks come in. I, I don't know. Do they, do, would they be coming in? This guy smacks his tail. They're going to take off. I, I, I have no clue what's going on. Plus it's making me a little nervous. That was six feet. He's getting a little close for my liking and he's a good size. And so I start backing up. Well, as I turn around to back up to get out, here is the biggest fattest. I can't make this up. The biggest fattest raccoon that I have ever seen. Raccoon. Eye level on the bank at like three feet right behind me. Now I'm stuck. Your security guard was terrible. (laughs) Dad is I'm screaming because I'm just a little guy at the time. Dad. Dad, dad, and he's oblivious walking along the creek. I've got a raccoon chattering its teeth at me sitting there. And then, I mean, this thing was like sumo coon. It was freaking huge. And I got a beaver on the other side of me and I got nowhere. I am locked in the water. Needless to say, it took dad coming down and he stood there laughing at me. 
and not move. And I don't even, to this day, I still believe that raccoon could have had rabies because it did not care. It was in my face and it would not move. It didn't, it just stood there. And the beaver, too, to be honest with, you. with the beaver, I think he hit me maybe five, six times and nothing I could do like, well, like with a wave of water. Oh, like the I closest he, he got was Indian. five. No, the closest he got was about five feet, but he was not happy. I was there. I never in my life have I experienced anything like that. Never got a duck, never seen a duck. Nothing ever nothing. happened. All I got was wet, like soaking wet. And here <laughs> I thought this was going to be my dream hunt, flooded and- timber. And it was the biggest bust on the fade. Now I know why we don't have flooded timber hunts up here because the freaking beavers and raccoons will ruin it on you. I tell you what, that's that's in the and a half right there. But the, the, the funniest thing was was your dad didn't help you at all. No, oh, and then he came back and laughed, and he was like, "Well, ready <laughs> to go? Let's go." And the worst part, I ruined those pair of Doc Martins, but they were so dang expensive. I couldn't afford a new pair. I walked around the facility from then on in these things. You could hear me coming. <laughs> It's like it was bizarre. It's like water got locked in the air pockets of the docks or something like that. I don't know, but they they were toast. They were like squeaky. Like tell you what, that, that I don't know if you if you listen to the comedy at all, but there's a, a comedian that I, I used to listen to a long time ago by the name of Jerry Clower, and he was uh, he's a southern comedian, and he talked about uh, raccoon hunts that's going on the big boar raccoon and how they snarl and snap and. They, they hold their territory. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I'm picking up what he's putting down. You ever gone camping? You realize you do not mess with raccoons. No, no, you uh, you might want to keep your distance. But you know what? Uh, don't give him a reason. And by the by the sounds of it, you were small enough that you were a snack. <laughs> well, right? That's what I was. I was thinking these are going to split me, man. I'm stuck between two rodents, and they really don't care. They're not like I'm. I'm probably a meal for a couple days anyway. That's it. That's but it. yeah, my dream hunt, I'm up to my waist in water and I can't get out and I can't move. I got pinned by a coon and I'm pinned by a beaver and not a darn See, duck. that's funny though, because you're, I, I had no idea you were going to tell that story about flooded timber, but my, my crazy hunt or my, the, the fun hunt, the wood duck hunt has to do with flooded timber. <sighs> yeah. Now you're going to make me jealous. Uh, but no, no, I'm the almost guy. Don't worry about this. <laughs> you know, you'll see where this is going in a minute here. <laughs> but my big brother, I call him my big brother because uh, uh, he's not uh, a family member, but he's close enough to family that, that he's, he's like my big brother, Paul Yuratovich. He's, uh He lives up in Magneto 1, and uh, he's just top shelf. We should have him on the podcast one time, I'm game. to be honest with you. Cause he's, he's, he tells a good story. Has he been to the uh, hospital had, lately? Is he getting kind of old? Cause he would have fit right in. We could have brought him on this one. Let's call him up. Ask him what he's doing. You got some Jared? Jared, Jared he's uh, he, he did a lot of hunts over in Romania um, for um, uh, stag, stag hunts over in Romania. And, does uh, he have he, an accent like a Romanian accent? No, no, he's, he, he does not. Can he develop he, one before we bring him on the podcast? Maybe. That would no, be cool. Smack him. Would you? I think he's stuck. <laughs> I think his switch is stuck. <laughs> so I uh, I hunt the ducks. <laughs> I don't know but, what that. Uh, was. Yeah, my big brother, brother Paul Yertovich. There, we, uh, we he was living up, uh, getting his house built in up in Magnetowan, and he gave me a call because I was living up in Barry. It's probably going back, I'd say, twelve years ago. If pretty much uh, uh, about that long ago, and he was renting a place out in the woods. Uh, with with his wife and this place was awesome because it was like a little cabin out in the woods but 
attached to this was all kinds of crown land and property. And he's got a, uh, an Italian Spinoni, uh, which is the type of dog that he, he has and he was raising. And he just had it as a pup. So we take it on these walks. Well, Paulie found uh, uh, a flooded timber swamp. And he called me up and said, Bill, you got to get up here. Wood ducks are piling in here right at last light. And I'd never done a wood duck hunt before, and I'd always wanted to do, to do one. And he calls me up, and I'm only an hour and a half, maybe two hours at most away from my dad. One, he put me up uh, in his place, and he says, yeah, we're going to go do a, a wood duck hunt, and we'll get there, you know, maybe an hour and a half before last light. Uh, the flooded timbers here. We got to walk, you know. We just put our waders over our shoulder, grab a uh, a bunch of shells, put them in a shell pouch. We're only going to be up to our our uh, thigh thigh high in, in water. So we thought. <laughs> I like where <laughs> so, this is going. <laughs> so I had chest waders on, and that was back in the days. I used to smoke cigars. Um, I quit that one time ago. Kids, if you're listening, don't do that. It's terrible. Public <laughs> public service announcement. <laughs> but I used to smoke cigars, so he. he Pulls out two cigars. We, we like the cigars. We're, we're out in the woods having a cigar, waiting on the ducks to come in. The cigars are done. Just as the cigars are done, the ducks start coming. And I tell you what, you, you don't even, I don't know if you've ever been on a, a, a hunt like, like this with true timber, other than the beavers and, and the, that you're on. But when they come in, they fall out of the sky like, like raindrops. Yeah, they just come and, and whipping right down without a care in the world, like no caution at all, right? None, They're dropping none. like stones into this water, and it doesn't matter. Like they, they don't think there's danger anywhere around. No, and there wasn't because I was shooting. But long story, Paulie's <laughs> <laughs> Paul, a pretty good shot. He's a wing shooter. He used to do a lot of duck hunting down in uh, St. Catharines with another buddy of mine. Uh, and, uh, another guy we used to hunt with and he's a good wing shot. So these ducks start coming in, he's off to my, uh, my left and the ducks are coming like zipping in between us. And they're it, as quick as they turned on coming in they turned off, but it was probably, I don't know, 10 minutes worth of shooting, like off and on. It wasn't constant. It was two ducks come in. Okay. Bang, bang. And we, we drop one or he would drop one and <laughs> I, I would shoot. And there was a whole lot of air around these wood ducks. Cause they don't fly like normal. <laughs> normal they ducks. have this weird uncanny ability to make them size, the size of make themselves the size of a bat. As Bill was about to pull the trigger. <laughs> and, and when they were, they were, they were coming, it was almost like they knew, well, if I fly right in between the two of them, they can't shoot me because, <laughs> because they're safe. And Paulie, Paulie knocks down. I think, I think we ended up getting four. I might've hit one. I went to a box of shells and I hit one duck. It was ridiculous. Worst, worst display shooting I've ever had, but it was the most fun ever because it was nothing but ducks after ducks after ducks. And he knocked down this wood duck and he, he knocked it down far enough that it was on the other side of the, the flooded timber. Well, he takes two steps. No more ducks going. He says, Bill, hold my gun. I'm going to go for a walk and grab this grab this bird. He takes two steps, and now he's up to his chin in, <laughs> in, in water. So he he goes in the, and the, the chest waders that he's wearing fill up with water. And, and now it's cold. It, it's not exactly warm, uh, warm out there, but he's got uh, – uh, sweatshirt on and he's got shorts underneath these hip waders. Well, these hip waders, uh, chest waders fill up with water. Well, guess what happens? Oh, he ain't moving. <laughs> uh, so takes the hip waders off and he goes swimming after this duck. 
Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. see him, and he can. He, mm-hmm. And Paul, Paul's a joke a minute. He, he's just hilarious, and he says, "Well, ain't no ministry officer saying we didn't do everything humanly possible to get this one or something like that." And he's swimming. I think he even put it, put the the bird in its in his mouth like a retriever, bringing it back across. I'm killing myself laughing. So we get back to his place, and we had four ducks and uh, an amazing wood duck experience, and I didn't hit the bro- I couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. You are what I call the hunter's best friend. You're the best hunting buddy on the planet. Why is that? The, the hunt gets prolonged. I get to shoot all your limit. Yeah. It, like, and, and you got someone to hang with. It's just a good, you're the perfect hunting buddy. Folks, I if you were you looking for a hunting buddy, you need to find yourself an almost guy. Yep. <laughs> this is what I was. I, I, You'll always get invited on a hunt to boot. Everybody <laughs> wants you there. You can come. You got a tag. You got a limit. Yeah, you're coming. Come on. That's why I'm the almost guy. I almost <laughs> hit ducks, but I'll tell you what. It, a wood duck is a lot faster than you think it is. And oh, it, the, the problem I know with if you can see them coming, you're usually golden. The problem is I'm sitting there talking, jibber-jabbing along, and next thing you know, well, what, what they're on you. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, and, I didn't even get the gun And where we were, it was probably, I don't know, call it 70 yards. Uh, all around us. So they were dropping over the trees and in. It wasn't like they were flying and you could see them like you just said, yeah. like it, a goose or something just coming come along. Drop like stones. It, it was over the tree on you. Yeah. And and think, okay, now I'm on this one. And no, boom, he would dip underneath your gun barrel and, and then ran between us. And they, you could hear the wings whistling. It was just yeah. it was amazing. See, I can picture it right to today. I've always taken wood duck hunting for granted, I think. Because we got some spots. Like wood duck, if we want to go shoot a duck, we could do it. Like there's no, and, and you could have a good wood duck hunt. Oh yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. There's so, and I'm not bragging. <laughs> hey, Hey, episode 52. I get to 52. say my, my, I get to say my, my, I get to coin my phrase here. This may sound arrogant, <laughs> it's, but it's just the property that we have that in the very, there's ponds on all of them. And they're right full of wood ducks. I remember the David Suzuki woods I was, that I always talk about. We were goose hunting because they got a pond. And it's right close to the lake. So when the water's rough, the lake's rough, they come into the pond. So we got from, yep, yep, you go, go get them, go get them, we're good. So we set some goose decoys out in front of us. We're on his floating dock. And we've put our ground blinds from turkey hunting up around us and over top of us. We made our own little makeshift blind tent on the end of this floating dock that jetties out 10, 20 feet, well, 10, 15 feet out into the water. So we're almost in the middle of this pond with these geese coming in. And so we get, just like you said, you hear the whistling wings, (laughs) it gone. Well, we're talking, we're chilling. We don't even get our gun up and this wood duck buzzes us and two of them right by us down the other end of the pond and up and around in a corner, gone. So I'm going down there to get them ducks. So dad and Scotty are like, all right, well, we'll wait here. I said, we'll do it. Cause if I flush them, they're coming back to you. So I go sneaking down and I can see the one wood duck swimming in the water and I'm walking through the woods. I'm sneaking. And this is where my tree stand is. The buck that's mounted is I, I was walking right under that tree stand. And so I'm walking along and I'm sneaking. I could see him swimming and I'm like, okay, there was two. And so, oh, there's the other one. He's sitting on a log. And I thought, all right. I put my gun up, I've mounted it, and I'm walking through the woods like like an army ranger, gun mounted, ready to dust this sucker the minute it flies. I can't shoot a, shoot a, a sitting duck. 
But I, the minute that thing's wings start to beat and its feet lift off that log, it's going to feather them. So I put the gun up and I come creeping in. Well, that guy, he just starts to lift off that log. Kawam! And when I unload, it was like I was in a bat cave all in the woods. And I mean, I'm 15 yards off the pond still. All in the woods around me, it was black with wood ducks. To the point, I'm shooting my Super Black Eagle 2. So I got three shells. I let that one go. I didn't even get two more shots because I was too busy dodging and ducking (laughs) from getting my head taken off by, I bet you what, Dad, 70 to 100 wood ducks in these trees. Oh, they gather up. It was insane. It was nothing but coming out of those and they, as they flying away and I'm yelling, wood ducks, wood ducks, wood ducks. And I can't get my gun. And then when I finally... Okay, I'm not going to get knocked out by 70 wood ducks coming out of the trees. Like, I mean, right beside me, like the, the, the wings, I didn't even see them. And coming out, I finally get my gun back up. They were gone before I didn't even get two shots off. I got one. <laughs> I got the one that lifted off that log. It was absolutely insane on those. Yeah, but, but I do, I take, it, I take it for granted. We have another spot off the back of the family farm, and it's a long winding creek. And we used to do it, Dad. I don't know if you do. You, you game to do it again next year? Oh yeah! Now now I got my knees fixed. <laughs> lost some weight. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't done it in some some years. Folks. I'm the dog. I'm the swimming so dog. I drop Dad off at the road, and then I go in in the family farm park and walk way way back in. And I mean, I bet you what, Dad? You're probably walking almost two kilometers mm-hmm. in this creek, and so it's a good size creek. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's ten feet wide. It's not real deep. It's about waist deep. In, in, in some spots, in some spots, it's even more shallow, but are the wood ducks loaded up in there? So I will go and I sneak in and sit. And then I draw, after I drop dad off, dad starts walking towards me and this thing winds all through the, this little uh, ravine. And so he's walking, wades in and he walks that whole way. And as he's walking, you can hear it often that it, and he's shooting the wood ducks as they're picking up. But the wood ducks don't get up and above the trees out of that ravine. They fly down through that ravine because there's trees on both sides and it's like a little valley and they go winging right down along that and they just land up ahead, drop back into the water. And dad just keeps walking slow. And so I just sit there waiting for him to push him towards me. And then that was actually my first wood duck was, was yep, in there. I'm was sitting, yep. I was leaning in the water, but leaning against the steep bank and you could hear him coming. And I knew dad was getting close cause I could hear his shots getting closer and closer, but then you hear him coming around the bend and, go, and then you just unload as they go come around the corner. There's 10 wood ducks in a flock and it's just unload and they drop and like cannonballs going off reload and wait for the next wave to come through and that is that is fun hunting that but sounds like fun it is a blast a but fun. we haven't done it in some time because you just take it for granted now yeah. and which i shouldn't right like it's it's just there's so many wood ducks i always thought that i i see guys like oh look i got my limit of wood ducks i'm like yeah whoop de do but yeah i don't know yeah but it's fun i mean i, I haven't shot i'd love to get a a, a pair mounted um, I got a pair. You know, yep, I got my first ones mounted. <laughs> and Paulie, Paulie on that wood duck hunt, we went. He said, "So if you want to take two, you can get them mounted." I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't <laughs> I love it. You have to do that for the best to- hunting buddy. You have to offer them games sometime to keep them yeah. interested and keep them coming back. So I, I know I, he I was halfway that. punching me in the lips there, saying, "Hey, if you want my ducks to mount, go ahead and mount these ones." But 
<laughs> I said, no, thanks. Because the one I shot, to be honest with you, really wasn't. I, I don't think I hit it in the head. I don't think I did. I think there was a lot of shot everywhere else besides where it was supposed to be, but I was just happy I hit one, you know, at that point. Well, my very first wood duck was in that same stream, just up a bit. I didn't go all the way as far as I should have. And, and dad only had to come, I don't know, a couple hundred feet from the road. And so they started swimming towards me. And then as they seen me, they got nervous. Now they're between me and dad. And so I had to wait, wait till they fly up. They flew up. I had one take straight off up in the air and I dropped him, moved to the second one that was flying over my head, spun and shot him. And I think I missed that one when I, and I was shooting at my double, my, my over and under. When I came back, that one that I watched hit the top of the water, disappeared. Gone. Gone. And, and dad, I think, I don't know if you said it, but they say they'll dive down and grab weeds and drown oh, they will, themselves. 100%. I tell you what, because we, we used to hunt bluebills on Lake Erie, and they will do that. They'll, if you hit uh, ragdoll it, it, when it comes down and it's it's crippled, when you go after it, it'll beak you, meaning that all you can see out of the water is it's Just beak. its beak. I've seen one That's do that. All you, can, uh, all you can see, and you're, you know, you go to the boat, you stop the boat, and now you're now you're on, on, the, on the lookout. You got a guy in the front, guy in the back. Boat motor's off. Everything is safe. You're not moving. But now you're looking for that beak. And when it comes up, you got to be quick. Up, bang. Because as soon as it sees you or the boat, down it goes again. And it could be 75 yards out before and it'll it, swim it away. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it just swims away. It comes right up. And see, I've and argued that, this with people on Facebook a couple years ago, and now I get tired of it. But but yeah, they'll say, oh, they go down and grab weeds. And people have said that, but I have seen that actually happen with a wood duck where it was just the beak. That's all. That's yeah. All that comes Just so they can breathe. Be, yeah. be watching, watching real close. And we've, you know, everybody loses ducks when they're on the first. And it's just the nature of the game. You try the hardest you can to, to get them. But man, oh man, if you, if you don't, you know, knock them down dead, you're in for a, a chase. Yep. Yep. And if you're in a layout boat, you now you're waiting. Yeah, you're uh, a layout boat, there's no motor. It's like a big rock in the middle of water. You're reliant on the guy that, that's operating the boat to either see where that duck went down and to be on, on, on his best game to go get it <laughs> for yep. you. Yep. But yeah, it's, those are some, some hunts I'll tell you about another time, but man, I know exactly what you mean. They'll go down and grab a, a little piece of grass down there or whatever. And they're, they're, that's it. Yeah. And <laughs> then you'll never get them. You get close. They swim away underwater and then just beak and, oh, and, and crazy. float away with their beak, just their beak sticking. I've seen it. Yep. It drives me nuts. That was my, I wanted to went mount a wood duck so bad. And that was what we were doing. We were in there so I could get one mounted. And I should have, when that thing hit the water, I should have unloaded another shell into it. But I figured it was done, but nope. Yeah. But yeah, we went back. I went up and um, I, I snuck in and, and crazy when I was going in, it was, I think it was early in the morning. We were getting there before light. And I was, as I was walking in, I thought they posted a, a no trespassing sign. This is a fairly far. What the heck's going on? Who's got it right in the middle of this field? There's a no trespassing sign. And it was a little windy. And I'm like, what is going on? It's kind of, it's kind of moving and blowing. And come to find out, I was face to face with a doe and I got about 15 yards. It was that dark walking in that she didn't really see what I was. I couldn't really see what she was just the way that the field rolled. And like I was down on a hip, she was down on a hip with the woods behind her. And it was her ears and head moving back and forth, looking at me as I was getting closer <laughs> and it was a doe, but yep, went in, snuck in and then dad did the, the long walk. And I finally, I got a, a, a drake and a hen on the first volley. And those are the two I mounted. And then we got some more, but those two I kept separate and mounted there on my wall. 
No wonder you guys do so well with a deer hunt. They're blind. You're blind. They can't smell you. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you guys got down there for farmland, feed the feed. But See, that, everybody, you're everybody, not puts out, everybody puts out these, oh, like, hey, you, Scotty's a freaking ninja. We, um, everybody puts out these minerals that wants to grow big racks and stuff like that. And we actually, we just poison them. That sounds like it. Oh, that's all that seems what you guys do. We put put out minerals that's bad for their eyesight and makes them age well beyond their years. They can't hear. They can't smell. It shrivels their nose up. Yeah, no. No, it's just we're arrogant enough that we're that good. Oh, my. It's episode 52. I had to bring that home. I had to drive that home. That's it. And you did. You did well. So that's good. 52 episodes into it. eh? I mean, I'm pretty pumped we made it. Like that's honestly, Bill, like and, and anybody listening, we we if if anybody's listening, we we we've said it before that we we started this by thinking, hey, if we can bring people in to the fold, to the community, and pique their interest enough that I you know what, I haven't tried hunting that way. Or new hunters going, you know, I, I'm struggling, I'm frustrated. Wow, this sounds like fun. That's a fun way to do it. And that was our whole motive. And really what we found, I, well, what I found, I'll speak for myself, but I, I, we've, we've had this conversation, so I'm pretty sure it's the same, that this is really our therapy. Once a week, we get on here, we record this bad boy. By the end of it, whether we were ticked off, not wanting to do it, but force ourselves to get on the horn and make this happen, by the end of this podcast, we're, we're, we're pretty good moods, laughing, joking, cutting up, and, and it's hard for me to go to sleep afterwards because I'm grinning so much. Yeah, I tell you what, I 100% agree with you there. It's it's, it's nice to get on uh, like-minded people telling stories and, and, and having a few laughs. And, and if you're finding out it doesn't need to be as clinical uh, a, a hunt where you set your decoys this way every time. No, you, that's boring you, crap. You run the bush. We, we like to have fun no matter what we do, whether it's shooting, talking about the stories of, of eye surgeries or whatever. It's fun. <laughs> Uh-huh. We can bring it's, you guys along. It's the redneck country community. And That's it's right. Daily we can bring you guys along to our, our lives and stories. Of outdoor there. folks. That's right. Yeah. Making memories. That's what it's all about. Love it. Absolutely. So, so I think we got to add a good. hashtag. We always like hashtag build community. Hashtag it's what we do because we live the lifestyle. I think we're going to add like hashtag make it happen. I like it. That's it. Because we, that, and that's, that's like know, our theme. We talked about that. We talked about that a little bit for, for what our, our goals are, and I, I don't even, I don't even like to say uh, resolutions for for twenty twenty one, because that's that's really not what, I, what I'm all about. But my one of the things I, I wanted to do is try to do less but do it better, and making things happen is probably yeah, a, a part of that uh, that mantra or whatever Whoa. you want to call it. For, for it could that. be a double edged sword though. Like do it better I as know. in more technical, or do it better as in actually harvest something. Oh, that, that could be it. You know, it, it actually live the uh, <laughs> the examples of the last 52 and maybe shoot a turkey or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you need to wear your, we learned PJs, my yeah. man, PJs and slippers. That's where it's at. That's where it's got to be. That was a pretty good picture of that, that turkey. It was, it was exactly what he was wearing. You saw the video of it, eh? Yeah, I'm going to post that up. I'm going to post Are it you? up. Maybe, maybe, maybe well, tonight. Yeah, maybe tonight. We'll see. I'm going to post it up. But yeah, that's it. it. makes me laugh. Yep. Didn't know whether to go to Walmart or go shoot a turkey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
It is. No, nope, 52 episodes. I think we're, it's, it's been fun. Now we're, now we're ready for season two. Here comes another 52, folks. We're not stopping because I need to talk to Bill and maybe a little less dad, but I need to have this out. So whether anybody Sounds listens good. or not, I'm still going to But you know what the nice thing is, going. Bill? We have a good time even when we out together, and, and that's rare. It's not, it's not often enough, but whether it's Trap Show and you've come down for a couple of shoots, we have a good time when we get together. We do nothing but laugh sure the whole time. Hey, you find somebody that'll let you make fun of them, you hang with those people. Yeah. It's, those are lifetime friends right there. <laughs> they're like the deer you hunt. Either they're deaf, blind, or stupid, all three of the above, but either way, they make a good hunting partner. That's it. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Well, you guys, we'll be, uh, we'll be in touch, but uh, Merry Christmas to everybody down there. And yeah, Merry Christmas to you. And- are you cooking, Todd? Christmas? Yeah. You know what? Dad, I will I will give him this that he can make for my whole life. There's one food that is my absolute favorite. Nobody's ever been <laughs> close second. Nobody's <laughs> ever been able to compare and I've had it many, many places, is dad's stuffing. In fact, there's many Christmases. I'm getting more more mature now. I think it's because I'm hanging with you guys and, and old through osmosis. But there was time when I wouldn't take anything on my plate at Christmas time, but the dressing, but the stuffing. And I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. So that, no, I don't cook because I don't want to screw it up. Now, that being said, Dad, where did our turkeys come from this year that we're about to eat? We, they came from a shoot from uh, a cocky young guy that's so arrogant, but he did win them. <laughs> I'm a provider, Bill. I'm a provider. <laughs> oh, you won it at a, at a shoot? The, the gun club championship. I won. Oh, I thought it might have been a, a bird that you harvested or something. Oh, gosh, no. They usually get eaten pretty quick. <laughs> we found that you eat them. No, yeah, my, the wild turkey, I eat fresh versus frozen. Yeah. And, and my wife, you know, she's got to see the package. She wants to see the oh, bird yeah. come out of the package and be thawed. And they're thawing out right now on my kitchen counter right now. So, Yeah. Well, that's good. You, you're, I appreciate you being a provider. If you got any leftovers, send it our way. We're going to oh, do a 15-pound oh, bird this year. Oh, 15 pounds? Yeah. It's just for the five. I'm going to make up. soup. I'm going to make some soup, too. I was going to say, I'm going to guess you're cooking. No, my wife's cooking. I bought her a new stove. <laughs> I told you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Merry, Merry Christmas, dear. Oh, and here's your apron. Well, you're right. I, I love turkey soup. In fact, I rummaged through the freezer today and I said, I got to make sure that all my frozen turkey soup is eaten up. And I had a container of it today for lunch because I know that in a couple of days I'm going to be making some more fresh turkey soup. Oh, I yeah. Love boil, it. yeah. I'm going to boil it and this will be a, this will be a good experience making some of that. And I got a, a bunch of stuff I'm going to do in the Weber, but we'll save that for another time. And I'll send you some pictures and show you what's going yeah, on. Forget but. the pictures. We need to see the real deal. Yeah, come on in. I'm sure the government wouldn't mind uh, you guys taking a trip down here. I'll give you essential uh, essential uh, service letters or whatever you call that. Essential worker letters. Essential, I need I help. Like it. I like it. We're, we're psychiatrists. That's it. That's the, the essential portion. So, all right, guys. Good chat tonight. Yeah, right on. Appreciate you guys. it. Have a good Have Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, yeah. Bill, and Merry Christmas to everybody that's listening. It's my favorite time of the year, and I love it. Awesome. Good deal. As you can tell, here's a week tonight, folks. <laughs> Have a good one, Bill. Have a good one. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. 
And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.